subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Seems like the further south you go right now, Chuck, or, you know, normally we think about the worst weather's north of the tunnel. Right now it seems to be south and maybe east uh, towards Ozark and uh, towards uh, your old stomping grounds uh, headed towards Clarksville. You know, I heard them talking over the weekend, and they kept saying that Franklin County and Johnson County and Pope County that and Newton County, that that, that area was going to get it worse than anybody and i'm thinking well it's going to be colder in northwest arkansas how can it be that way but that's really not what's going on right now it's colder in the river valley than it is up here which is generally opposite of the way it is so sounds like the the worst of the stuff right now is south of the tunnel but now it's not smooth sailing no, no. in northwest arkansas right now but it does sound like i, I saw they had a wreck on i-40 around ozark you guys probably talked about that but um you know, it, it, it does look like, kind of strangely, you know, the uh, the southern part of the area is what's getting the worst of it right now. There's a wreck in Washington County near Exit 60 as well. So, got okay. a, couple, got a right. couple this morning that uh, we'll keep you updated on if there continues to be so. And Tommy, Tommy kind of suggested earlier it's going to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately. Like, again, it wasn't an issue when really when I was driving at work at around 4 o'clock this morning, but no. it's going to pick up during the day. If, if we get snow, which that's, you know, when I looked at it before we hit the air, we're supposed to start getting a layer of snow. That'll help. You know, right now it's just, uh, you put on the, I was, I was easing into the parking lot here at the studio a little while ago, Chuck, and, you know, the, the, the steering wheel didn't turn the car. I mean, it just, I, I you know, as I was tapping on the brakes, it just didn't want to go, uh, go where it's supposed to go. So just be careful. I mean, you can get to where you need to get, but, you know, if you don't have to, don't. I think that's probably the way to go. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of right on that line. It's just right on that line mm-hmm. where um, you're right around freezing, maybe a little bit above, maybe a little bit below. And uh, sometimes when you realize it's there, it's too late. Yeah. It's- Ice is clearly worse than snow. So, yeah. I mean, it, oh, right yeah. now we don't have any snow out there to give you any traction at all. Who who calls into work later today? Derek, DQ, Zach, or all three? <laughs> Sounds like by the afternoon, the temperatures are going to be yeah. up a little bit. It might be okay for a while. Out of, I don't know. Out of excuses by this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Three o'clock, you don't have much excuse. They don't, they don't have Two o'clock. to say. Yeah. Well, if we can do it, they can do it. That's the, that's the mentality, hopefully, they have. Well, Arkansas's offensive game was, I guess, snowed in, iced in, whatever you want to call it, on Saturday. Um, it really started with Tremont Mark, who has and has been the catalyst at times for this Razorback basketball team offensively. He ended up shooting six for 13, was not bad. But first half, he just couldn't get anything going. Musk got asked about that after the game, and he spoke to the fact that apparently he's a pretty good defender that was guarding him. I think 55 is a really good defender. I really do. I think he's got really good size. I think he understands spacing. I thought he probably defended individually as well as anybody that that we faced. Super solid, really smart, high basketball IQ. 
I think he's one of the better guards in our league and probably not nearly talked enough about. So, Mark, one for five, two points in the first half. Didn't score for like the first 16 minutes. And with him being off, you were hoping someone else would step up, but they just didn't. Guys, it's, I mean, there's a bunch of things that are concerning with this basketball team, but I think this is like the third or fourth time that they've shot under 40% against the conference opponent. I mean, we can speak to the defense, which was anything but there on Saturday, but they're the worst team in the league right now in offensive efficiency as well. Well, and that's why part of the reason they're one and four. Uh, they're just not doing much very well right now. I mean, you can point to pretty much every statistical category and see where they are lacking. And that's not piling on. It's just, you know, you just look at the numbers. Um, mm-hmm. The offensive inefficiency is not there. And it seems like every time a play needs to be made, the other guys are making it. And when you're in a, when you're in a bad streak, that tends to be how it goes. And Mark, I would say, is a guy that a lot of other coaches in this league would be a fan of. And I thought preseason, Trevor Brazil, based on some of the accolades and stuff, but he ends his game with just three points, only takes one of three shots. There's just not a lot of players, unfortunately, on this team that other coaches would love to have. And Mark is probably the exception to that rule. But I thought heading into this season that we were going to see some guys that were going to be coveted across the board in this conference, and that's just that has not played out like I thought it would. Well, I think when we talk about them, lots of times we are waiting for an individual, you know, to step forward. And I'm going to tell you, I think that's part of the issue right now. I think there's too much that word individual or, or the singular person is being discussed too much. I think that's, and, 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 and I'm not saying anybody's out of line saying, well, somebody's got to step up. I'm not saying that's incorrect. My point is, is I don't think there's been a team aspect, at least to the degree that you have to have to win games. Um, I do see players, and Mark's one of them, from time to time, uh, trying to take the team on their shoulders. Mark's been the one that's done it the most lately. We've seen other guys from time to time try to do it too, but there's never been there's there, there's never been the elevation of the team as a result of that. Um, that individual, the others don't follow, or he doesn't bring everybody with him. If you want to look at it from that perspective, um, and and uh, that to me has been what's missing all year long is is the team aspect to this uh being you know the, the 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 sum being greater than the parts and i just don't see that and they've still got time to get there but they're about to begin to run out of time yeah. and the numbers are not going to be there you're just going to run out of time to put together the kind of numbers you have to have to get to that point i still think that they can do that but i'm just not sure at what point it's going to happen and we've not seen it consistently yet. Yeah, you know, if if the guys don't enjoy or, or want to play together consistently, I don't know how more time's going to fix that. I mean, because that that's the appearance from the outside looking in, and you know, you're a lot closer to it. But that, I mean, I think I hear more people say that because that's the way it appears. Sometimes perceptions are reality. Sometimes they're not. But it just appears this is. You know, a dozen guys that just don't really enjoy the time together. See, I don't agree with that, and I'll tell you why. I think there is 
a lack of team chemistry. There's no question about that. When they're on the floor together, there is a lack of team chemistry. But I don't think it's from guys not enjoying being together. I don't think it's from guys not enjoying playing together. I understand that appearance, and I understand why somebody would think that. But I don't think that's what's going on. I just don't think there's team chemistry. For whatever reason, these guys have not bonded as a team on the floor. But I don't think it's because they don't like each other. I know that's become a common refrain. And I understand. From the outside looking in, I understand why people would think that. But, but I can just tell you, that that's, that's really not the issue right now. Well, I think winning helps you like someone as a team. Well, yeah, well that's, no that's, that's, no a, that's a good point right there's there. No you question. like each other better when you're winning. And... I, I could be wrong, but I don't remember us having these concerns. Uh, two, um, we, we did a little bit last year, but two years ago and the year before when they were going on those like 12 of 13 win streaks and stuff like that. I mean, it was, it was insane. They just kept winning games. It's like, man, this team loves each other. But what happens a lot of You're times right. is when the team loses, and the new thing to point to is, well, it's NIL issues. Well, there's not NIL issues in, in Knoxville. There's not NIL issues in Lexington. There's not NIL issues in Auburn, or at least that are public. But what point people point to nowadays, and that's a common thought that's it been used is. for since the dawn of sports. But now it's well, there's MI, there's NIL issues. That's what Locker I, room I, jealousy. I, I had. Yeah. It was amazing of how many guys that again, 40, 50 plus years old that I was talking to over the course of this weekend and last week that said, I think it's an NIL issue. That was just their first set. Because it's just, that's what people point to nowadays. But so why isn't it a bigger problem elsewhere? It's not like Arkansas is the only one with NIL or a disparity in the locker room. So, I mean, I think everyone's searching for an answer, and it's because there's talent. Guys, you, you, you look out there and you see players that are athletically gifted that should be able to, you know, put this team in the top third of this league or in, certainly in the top half. It's not a talent, you know, you, you're not void of talent. It just, you can't seem, I, I keep coming back to an analogy. It's like someone took three different jigsaw puzzles and put it all together in one box. And this is damn near you, impossible to solve. Chuck, you mentioned the team aspect and I thought you made a good point. So I just started jotting down players. That I felt like the last three years cared more about the team than their own individual stats. In some cases, their stats went down from the year before. Um, Justin Smith and Jalen Tate were kind of the two guys I felt like on the team three years ago. Audis Tony and Trey Wade, both whose numbers went down from Wichita State and Pitt, but they're a huge part of that Elite Eight run. Um, and then last year's two freshmen, really, and Jordan Walsh and Anthony Black. Uh, Jordan always playing, again, a lot of times one of the best offensive players, getting rebounds, doing the dirty work. And A.B., I know he was one of the stars between him and Ricky of that team, but he was about assist. He was about playing through pain. And I just don't know if you necessarily look at this team right now and say, those are team guys right there. Well, you know, I, I, I look at the way South Carolina scored, for example, on Saturday. Uh, the number of assists. I think they had 10 assists on their first 12 baskets, if I'm not mistaken. They finished with 20 assists on uh, 28 made baskets. Um, you know, the every year you have a new term, a new word. Connected is the word this year. Uh, golly, I, I've, I've, I've heard yeah. more people say the word connected this year than, than any year in the history of basketball. But at any rate, um, they were connected on offense, you know, to fall into that, you know, the trap of that word. Uh, when you've got 20 assists on 28 made baskets, you're playing as a team, man. I mean, you really are. And, you know, if you've got a guy who can defend the way 
Cooper does. Um, that gives you a real head start defensively. And I thought their defense was good, good enough, good enough to play, you know, good enough to beat a team that right now is not connected on offense. Um, I don't, I don't think they're the best defensive team in the league, but you know, they, they were certainly good enough in that area Saturday and offensively, uh, they, they, they did exactly what they had to do. So Studi didn't play and he was their third leading scorer. And if you look at the box score, they did a good job on Michi Johnson. He had eight points. He was two of seven. A lot of times he was defended well. He did not do a good job on B.J. Mack. I felt like all three of his three-point attempts were wide open. But you got 12 from Davis, 11 from Murray Boyles, and you mentioned Cooper as well, who did a great job at the defensive end. Three of the, All three of those guys fissioned double figures, which, again, they didn't kill you with Michi and Mack. It was a combination of the, some other guys as well. I thought the 12 from Davis might have been the most significant because Studi didn't play. Studi averaged about nine and a half. The guy that started in his place scored about three more than his average and uh, three more than Studi's average, three more than they normally get from that spot. So I thought he filled in very nicely there. I don't, I don't think Studi not playing was, was an issue for them at all. Uh, you know, they played next man up. I mean, they did. And that guy started and played a heck of a game. Hey, harvest your best deals at WT Equipment. It's the value bonanza right now. Get New Holland Workmaster, Power Star, Boomer, or T5 Series tractors with incredible deals to start off your 2024. Hey, whatever the job, these fuel-efficient, versatile tractors help you get it done. Hurry by WT Equipment. There's locations all over the state. You can find one near you at WTEquip.com. WT Equipment. They're your partner in progress. I think one of the things that stood out to me during the course of not just this game, but at points this season, is Arkansas's inability to get to the hole at times consistently. And Eric Musselman got asked about, hey, just beating guys off the drill, basket cuts, and kind of offense overall. Here's what he said about kind of that whole ensemble. Yeah, I think when you can beat your man off the dribble and then find a teammate, that's a start. We have a lot of guys right now that don't know how to set their man up off the ball. I mean, if you watch guys trying to get open, we don't get open enough. We don't cut hard enough. All areas that we've got to continue to try to talk to the team, show them. We've got to have guard play to, to beat people off the bounce. And then even, I mean, they had one-on-one situations at their end where they, you know, B.J. Mack backed this down. I, I mean, I haven't seen us do that enough one through five position. And you think about, again, I referenced some players, Audis Tony, great back cutter, Justin Smith, great back cutter, J.D. Note, great penetrator, Anthony Black, same way, can consistently get to the rim, use that ball screen, get set the guys up like he's talking about. And I thought Devo Davis did that at times early in the ball game, but they have not had, uh, whether it's Ellis, Minifield, Blocker, or Devo, like they're I don't think any of those fours just like they can get to the hold anytime they want to. A lot of time, again, it's there's contested shots, which they haven't made, but that's another just issue of this basketball team, unfortunately. Well, they didn't get to the foul line uh, enough in the first half. You know, you could, uh, I think at one point, um, you know, the disparity in favor of South Carolina was pretty significant. I know as the game moved on, that, that kind of changed. But um, I didn't think early on they, they, they got to the foul line enough. You know, here's the thing Three or right four now. in the first half yeah, yeah, compared that, to 10 of 13. Right. Here's the thing. And, and look, if, if uh, it's fertile ground right now. If you want to talk about 
what's wrong with this team because they're not getting to the hole. And when they get there, they're not playing through contact. When the other team gets to the hole, they are playing through contact. Lots of times the ball's not stopped when the other team penetrates. Arkansas is not getting out on the three-point shooter. Um, they're a half-second late on a lot of them. And um, they don't turn the ball over. Uh, I mean, they don't turn the other team over enough. Um, they don't steal it enough. They don't score in transition enough. They get beat in transition a lot. Um, I just think you can point to everything right now. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm not piling on. It's just the truth. And they know that. And I'm not saying anything they don't know. I will say, though, that there, there is still enough talent there. Um, and I know that what they're coaching is not any different than what they coached a year ago. I know their message is not any different today than it was 365 days ago or, or you know, two years ago or three years ago um, for whatever reason. And I can't put my finger on it. I'll be very honest with you. I'm hard-pressed to explain it. Um, it's just not worked so far. Well, I think one of the things that, again, maybe it's hindsight 2020, maybe I'm saying something different by the end of the season, they pulled out smaller guards in the portal. And I think uh, we saw a Chris Likes experiment two years ago that I thought he was going to shy away from. He didn't get any, like, five seven five six guy on this roster. But when he has plucked guys out of the portal a good chunk of times, and again, Mark's six six, he's the outlier. Battle's listed 6'5", he's like 6'2". They don't have the same, again, girth and size, not just from a height standpoint, but a strength. And when we talk about their inability to finish at the rim, one of those reasons is that they're just frailer than they usually are. They're not as strong, they're not as physical, and they're not as tall. So the ideology that Eric Musselman has used to have success here in Fayetteville, he's used it with bigger dudes. And you've had success with bigger dudes. And the one guy that's still having success with this philosophy and this this offensive mantra is the one guy that's 6'6", actually 6'6". And Tremont Mark. So next year, I would expect, I could be wrong, but the guys that he's going to pull out of the portal are going to be much more of the last three years than we've seen than we than we've seen this last transfer portal class. Maybe. Um, I don't think, for example, their struggles at point guard are because they're not tall enough. I don't I don't I don't think that's the issue there. I hear what you're saying, and I'm not being disagreeable. I just don't think that's necessarily been the issue at point guard, for example. Maybe at some other spots. I think he's going to go after tough guys. Um, you know, you rattled off some names a little mm-hmm. bit ago. Tough guys. Audis Tony, tough dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Smith, big tough guy. Jalen Smith, tough kid. Um, you know, those are the guys you win with. I was thinking this morning about, before I came on, about some of the great Arkansas teams and, you know, even back to Eddie Sutton. But, you know, we had some we had some bad dudes out there. Corey Beck, bad dude. Alvin Robertson, bad dude. Daryl Walker, bad dude. I mean, you have some guys out there that are tough. You have some toughness. And um, I think that's what they'll go after in the portal. He's really said that. He said that on his radio show a few weeks back. He said, when we go into the portal this time, and of course they will, um, toughness is the thing they're going to look for first. Because I think we are seeing you cannot win in this league without it. Um, And I will say, again, I think every fan would love Eric Musselman to have to 
worry about game planning for NCAA tournament games and recruiting at the same time because it would be four straight appearances. And maybe it gets to that point. But I guess the only luxury you can look at if this team continues on a trajectory standpoint is mm. their sole focus will be on recruiting. So maybe a guy or two that they may have missed out on this upcoming cycle because of an NCAA tournament. I'm trying to find positives in a way. Well, the guys you're going to be after a lot, by and large, are going to be playing. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, if your season ends without a postseason appearance, um, the guys that you want, <laughs> you know, they're still going to be playing. That's a good point. Yeah. So, I, I get I'm trying to try to find some light the tunnel. It's just I get hard you. to do this morning. Look, there's, there's Ty clutching at straws. There he is. He's clutching Chuck, the straws. Chuck, Tommy thinks I buy Friday. I will oh, predict yeah. Arkansas to beat Kentucky. And I said there is no an question. asterisk around that if they win on Are Wednesday Are you going night. to game day? You got to go. Oh, he's already making signs, Chuck. Right. What are you talking about? Yeah, he's, he, yeah. bought his, he bought his chest paint yesterday. Tommy's going to have to work the car he's got remote. You're going to make a morning rush sign? Put yeah. it up there, man? <laughs> yeah, with our, uh, with our uh, hitthatline.com and how to listen and all that. No, I am excited because, again, this is something I've waited on for 20-plus years, and they're finally coming to Buck. Well, this here is, you are, man. This here is you just, are. Today's it, your day. It's a terrible time, though. I mean, it, they like you come in the last three years. You'd like years. a rain check, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like Jay Williams was pushing it. They were in Cameron a couple weeks ago, and Shambi or, or O'Brien asked him, was like, hey, where do you want to go? Where have you not been? And he was like, I want to go to Fayetteville. This is a tribute to the history of this Razorback basketball program. Does it have anything to do with what happened, what happened this past Saturday? Absolutely not. It has to do with Nolan Richardson and Eddie Sutton and, and what Muss has done the last three years prior to this one. It's about the history of our program and the history yeah. of this building. Well, then play It'll like It'll be a lot it. more about Kentucky. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just telling <laughs> you why play, they're coming. I'm telling you why like they're coming. Not, no, I'm not mad at you. Then, then play like it, guys. <laughs> Damn it. I mean, the, the last three years, Jalen, Justin, Jay, I mean, all these guys, they didn't put all the hard hours of work for you guys to blank the bed this year. ESPN put you on prime time. Hell, they thought you were going to beat South Carolina Saturday. So, oh, we'll bring game day. They'll be two and four. They'll at least beat South Carolina. ESPN execs, SEC execs thought you were going to be good this year. They bet on and you. And to this point, you suck. Turn it around this week against a raked opponent on a Wednesday night and beat the absolute tar off those bastard Wildcats on Saturday. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McClarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McClarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McClarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. 
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. You ever get so frustrated that you just want to go in the room and scream? He, I think that's where Ty is right yeah, now, this yeah. basketball team. He just needs to go in a room, shut the door, yell every profanity that like <laughs> pops into your head, get it out of your system. Oh, and he's got to live. And then walk back out and say, okay, everything's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I guess I uttered two swear words that are legal according Must to Must we swear. FCC. Must we swear. In the 6 o'clock hour, I'd uh-huh. get away with it. You're way more professional than I am. I don't know you to Somewhere in here is a bar of soap, young man. Yeah. Uh, my dad's not listening that hour, so I can mm. get away with saying some of those mm. things. I still, he's still not the biggest fan of when he hears me swear. Nevertheless, I was not swearing latchy, watching that game last night on CBS between Josh Allen and well, Buffalo Bills. One, but I'll tell you something. I was. Gloria? <laughs> I was pulling for Buffalo. Yeah. I was too, but uh, I'll tell you some Bills fans, they were swearing after this missed field goal. Sean McDermott, after his one for three performance last week, he has tremendous support in the building. If he has to make one for us, with the game on the line, he will. 44 yards, pass. No, he doesn't make it. Wide right. No Buffalo Bills fans Ooh. know all about the 90s and uh, what happened then. But this is their 90s Super Bowls. It's Patrick Mahomes and now three straight times, once in Orchard Park, once or twice in Arrowhead. You can't beat this guy if you're a Buffalo Bill fan in the playoffs. You can beat him in the regular season. You can't find a way to beat him in the playoffs. Unbelievable. That was a great call by Jim Nance. But um, have you heard Kevin Harlan's call? On uh, the radio, Kevin Harlan, I think, is just the best in the business. I agree. I've just for years thought he was the best that there is. But um, it was jubilation for the Chiefs. And, you know, you kind of paint the picture, so to speak. And the way those Chiefs players were jumping around when he missed that field goal, it was just such a perfect call the way he summed it up. But uh, I don't think anybody expected it to – to go wide right, I certainly didn't. I, I I thought, you know, I thought Mahomes had too much time. I mean, I thought well, Mahomes yeah. is still going to win the game. Yes, but I thought he'd make the field goal. And that gets lost in the uh, the fact of missing the field goal. That yeah. it was going to be what four? It's like four minutes and change. Or well, something. it was a minute forty nine. Yeah, but a okay. minute forty nine. Okay, I think yeah. the drive. Yeah, but yeah. It, he still had, he had plenty of time. Plenty of time. But I thought, you know, Romo said at the conclusion of the game, Patrick Mahomes has never not played in the AFC Championship game. I mean that. That you know, that, just think about that for a minute. I don't think we appreciate the greatness that we're witnessing enough because we just saw the greatest quarterback of all time retire, and unfortunately, we only Good really point. got to see to- two postseason appearances between Brady and Mahomes. The AFC Championship game, which was epic a few years ago, where the Patriots moved on, and then when the Bucks beat the. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl as well. Guys, this kid's unbelievable. He is 
unbelievable. And I call him a kid because he plays like it. Like, he has that Brett Favre approach where you can tell he's having fun. He, he's so competitive. And I'm not a huge fan of his family. I love watching him play. I'm not a Chiefs fan. But you, you throw that with the Taylor Swift stuff. and he just He's just a winner. He's just an absolute winner. And even if you are a Buffalo fan, a Cincinnati fan, a Baltimore fan, you got to give this guy credit because what he does, and this offense was terrible this year by Andy Reid standards. And in the be- in the biggest game of this season, they have the best offensive performance that they've had all year, all year in Buffalo. Well, I don't disagree with anything you just well, said. I think they're coming on at the right time. And if you don't believe they're a threat to win the whole thing, then I guess, you know, I guess you're probably going to lose some money is what I guess because I, I just think that all the drops and all the things that have plagued them all year, they're finding they're finding ways to score points, and they're I just think they're starting to, to obviously play their best football at the right time. Well, you know, you think about all the buildup to Mahomes versus Allen, and it certainly matched the buildup. Now you got Mahomes and Lamar. Yeah. I yeah. mean, think that's about what point. kind of game that's going to be. And it's going it, to, I don't think, again, the it, the a, NFC Championship is nowhere going to reach the degree of watchability that we're seeing with the MVP. I don't know. The Lions, oh. man. The Lions are America's team mm-hmm. right now. Oh. We're ready to hear from Frank Ragnow coming up and Dan Campbell. Who Ragnow, was, he's gunning it out right now and still a huge part of that team. But I will say I would love to see the Lions get there. I just don't know if they're going to be able to go to San Francisco. Did yeah. But they keep on winning, too. That's another team that just, for whatever reason this year, um, just keeps finding ways to win. And, and Did Greenlaw have him a, a game? or He what? sure yeah. did, man. He sure did. I'm going to be pulling for the Lions. And when Dre Greenlaw makes a play for the yeah. Niners, I'll say great play, Dre Greenlaw. But, but. And I, I don't know really who had the better game because it's hard to say – you know, well, Ragnall didn't have the better. I mean, cause we just view centers in their performance, but he had a heck of a game, too. And he's going against Vita Vea, who's one of the best yeah. defensive tackles. Second in the team all pro. Yeah. yeah, I mean, second team all, you know, all NFL. Mm-hmm. I know, I know interceptions stand out over the performance of a center, but, uh, you know, it'd be hard to say that Greenlaw played worlds better than what Ragnall did. Only, only a true football trained eye could understand <laughs> and I, that. And I'm a, again, I've, I'm a, terrible Packers fan, but I found myself so Love throws those two picks, and I'm like, oh, what the? And then I see who picked it off. I'm like, okay, I kind of like that. Like, he had two picks in that game. One quick thing about Greenlaw before we go on. I know people were saying he should have gotten down. He should have gotten down. And I guess in terms of logic, he should have. But he was a competitor, man. Even right down to the very last second. The stiff arm of the guy that was trying to tackle him. He was competing to the last second. And I love that about him. I know it wasn't the smartest play, but I love the way he competes. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. David is in South Arkansas this morning. He has some thoughts on the NFL games over the weekend. David, welcome in. 
good morning, gentlemen. 36 degrees of cold rain, but an absolutely beautiful morning this morning. Anyway, my favorite cover, yes, the Sydney Moncrief one is awesome, but what's really cool about that, you'll notice that Texas dude has his eyes closed. It's like, oh, God, this is about to happen to me. I can't watch. But, Tommy, I got some officiating questions for you, if I could, please. Come on. Okay, these NFL games have crews made up of, I guess, picked refs from different crews. So I'm assuming this is like only the first or second time they work together. Does that affect, I see a lot of calls, which I question. I'm not saying blown calls, missed calls. But if a crew has been working together all year, they know positioning, they know tendencies, they know this guy's going to call this, this guy's going to call that area. Is that affected in any way? And I said, I saw some yesterday, yes, being a Chiefs fan. Of course I'm biased. Of course I am. But it looked like a punt returner was on his knees, got nailed, no late hit, that touchdown. I'm still not certain that the ball made it across the pylon for Buffalo. Also, that was a very, very quick replay. Travis Kelsey, they went on for about five minutes. I mean, Hardman stumbled, they went on for about five minutes. Buffalo scores that touchdown. I was like, well, that was a quick replay. Yeah, touchdown. But I just wonder about tendencies like that, guys working together. If you can just give, oh, and my main question, how come a runner is not called for illegal hands to the face when he can have a face full of face mask, but an offensive lineman can get called for it, a defensive lineman can get called for it, but a runner does not get called for hands to the face even with a fist full of face mask. Go Chiefs. Thank you, gentlemen, and have a good, safe day. All right, to your question about crews, um, they do work in, in the same crew all season long, but it's based on best at position, or, or by ranking at position and getting there. And I still like the idea, particularly with these games that matter the most, that we're going to put the best you got available on the field. So as far as does it mess with crew dynamics, um, to a degree, but all of these guys are so vastly experienced. I mean, you don't get to the NFL by not being the best, the absolute best at what you do. And you think about how good these players are at what they do. There's fewer officials than there are, I mean, when you think about crews and the number of crews and how many referees or line judges or umpires or back judges there are, there's really not that many. So to be in the top four in the league, that's who you want out there. So all of these guys are so vastly experienced. I don't think the uh, the crew dynamics are sacrificed to a great degree to, to hamper the game. I think you, you put your best out there. Do I need to see a strong worded email to Roger Goodell on why you're not getting called up? Uh, no, that would be because I'm not good enough. That would be that'd be the answer. Okay. Well, staying on the on the course of the NFL conversation, Chuck, you referenced Ray Greenlaw, and I, I apologize that we're an hour and a half in to the show this morning. We still hadn't talked about him extensively, so I'll do that now. Man, he had himself a heck of a game on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, two picks, and you know, the one that um, sealed the deal. I mean, that was uh, that was a great game for him. Yeah, he was unbelievable when it comes to. I mean, you you think about that the interceptions that he had um, that game and just, again, back-to-back plays. Third down. Love the time again. High throw! And it's picked off! Dre Greenlaw has it! Cutting back! Greenlaw still on his feet! 
And that was taken down, and there's the big play the Niners get on defense. That was the first one. Tip from Jordan Love, and then second one really sealed the game. Love. Pressure up the middle. Runs away. Throws across his body. And that is picked. 49ers have it. Greenlaw. Still up. He needs to get down. Greenlaw still on his feet. He's got to go down. Just go down and the game's over. San Francisco takes over. So you, again, that play that you referenced earlier, Chuck, it was funny to hear Kyle Shanahan's comments directly after the game. I can't tell you how awesome Greenlaw is. I love Dre. Uh, There was about three seconds where I didn't. I couldn't. I wanted to run on the field and tackle him myself. I wanted him to get down. Um, But um, once he did, then the love came back. He's a hell of a dude and hell of a player and fortunate to have him on our team. I just think it's cool the NFC Championship features two prominent Razorbacks. One's, a again, Minnesota kid and Frank Ragnow, who came to Fayetteville. The other is a Fayetteville kid and Drake Greenlaw. Both had massive games, and you kind of spoke to it earlier. We don't necessarily give the um, just-do a lot of times the offensive lineman, but if you remember that Lions final touchdown, he's the one that cleared out Vita Vea, and it was either Gibbs or their other running back that just ran right through the middle to score that touchdown. And and Chuck, both have incredible personal stories in their journey to get to this point. And, you know, Ragnall's is probably a little more public because of the, the loss of his father. And I think most fans were that have followed him or are, are aware of that. And that, you know, that's a lot for anyone at that age to, to overcome. And Greg, Greg Greenlaw's background and his story is, is very interesting too. And in the, in the challenges he had in his youth growing up, both of them to be at this point, man, it, it's a really neat, cool story to see the success they've had and to, you know, to, to champion their success. Well, the odds are a million to one. Well, you even, know, even under the best the of guy. circumstances. Yeah. But they've and, not uh, exactly had the easiest of circumstances, is no, my point. And, I, I mean, it's, uh, well, I was going to say, when you, you know, you take the odds and then you compound all that and, um, you know, Dre Greenlaw really is living out the impossible dream. Um, you know, you, when you... If you really know his story, and I'm talking, I'm talking about the Fayetteville people, not the Razorback people that live in Fayetteville. I'm talking about the Fayetteville people. Um, you know, this town took care of Dre Greenlaw, and this town loves Dre Greenlaw. Uh, I mean, deeply loves Dre Greenlaw. And I'm talking about Fayetteville people. Um, couldn't be happier for him. Happy for Frank Ragnow. And you know, I remember when Frank was here, and. Um, you know, he, he's, he's gone through some things uh, after the loss of his dad. And, um, you know, everybody, uh, everybody goes through stuff, and uh, these guys certainly have. It's not easy for anyone to get to where they've gotten and couldn't be happier for both of them. I mean, just incredible stories, and, um, I mean, they've, they've beaten every odd that you could have out there. So you think about the setup for this weekend. You've got – Two of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, who you brought up earlier. That game will be in Baltimore this weekend. And then you've got two Razor, and I guess technically three if you want to include Brandon Allen. Um, and I know Dan Skipper and, and Jerry Jacobs as well, but you think about it's more Ragnow and, and uh, Drake Greenlaw. But guys, I would think a good chunk of our audience, so the, the first game's the 2 o'clock one between the Ravens and the Chiefs on CBS, and then you got 5.30 between the Lions and 49ers, uh, you got a great quarterback duel and then great Razorback connections on the other side. So I would, I would say a good chunk of our audience that are, I wouldn't say are Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, or 49ers fans are, 
are going to pay attention this weekend. Well, Detroit's the team that's kind of captured everybody's imagination. Um, you know, Dan Campbell's a guy that every guy wishes he was. You, you know, I mean, he's 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 that guy. I mean, he's uh, um, he's he's you know he's propelled that team to a spot that I don't think anybody thought they'd get to, and I think they've done it in large part just on the sheer force of his personality and the willingness and the you know, players play for him, man. I mean, they play for him, and so I think a lot of people will pay attention to that game, just just regardless of the of the players who are playing. Just the fact that Detroit's there, the Lions are there, and it's a it's a novel story right now. Well, and we love to root for the under. I mean, it's just yeah, ingrained. Absolutely, it's in our genetic DNA as sports fans. If we don't have a team we're rooting for, we root for the underdog. Yeah, and here's the thing, and this is what I... Ever since Rocky came out, we root for the underdog. And I'm going to tell you, I love Dre Greenlaw, but I hate the Niners. I mean, I've I've hated the Niners back since, you know... You can't be a Cowboys fan and hate... Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, um, (laughs) I am always pulling for Dre Greenlaw. Well, I think what's important kind of talking point when it comes to the Detroit Lions is two years ago they were three and thirteen and when Cincinnati was made the Super Bowl a couple years back they had an atrocious record as well. Burrow got injured and their season was lost. That I'm always gonna be a college football guy first. That's just what I was born and raised on. I love the National Football League. I love fantasy football. It's a big part of my life. But that makes the NFL to a certain extent better is you do have more parity. You have these teams, then you still have, again, alpha dogs like Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who, Tommy, you mentioned every single year he's been in the AFC Championship Mm -hmm. at least. But then you have these stories that you don't necessarily get in the college football landscape. And I know it was a little different the last two years with Washington and TCU maybe making it. But traditionally, the national champions are blue bloods. That's who you see every time. In the NFL, you can come out of the woodwork because of the change in scheduling, the draft order position, and kind of the different inner workings of that setup that I think make it more appealing nationally than college football because of the parity in the sport. You know, there's something to be said for that. I, I mean, it just kind of depends on what you like. I mean, your points are well made, and and that is why a lot of people like, you know, like the NFL. Um, I think Detroit's situation. You know, you look at the way they've they, they've drafted, the way they've developed. Um, I do think that you know there's a, there's a little more of a an appeal to a college fan. You know, with a guy like Campbell and the way they play, and they're a little more rah rah. I think that appeals more to college fans and maybe pro fans. But they've, you know, they've they've performed. They've drafted well. They've um, uh, and then they've developed, and they've got an eye for talent, evidently. But I I, I do think the biggest thing is um, they've gotten the right guy to to you know coach that football team, and they play for him, and that matters a lot. Yeah, there is me. It's a very interesting storyline heading into this weekend with the San Francisco 49ers Debo Samuel status, where they're zero and two. I think without him this season, after he got injured earlier this year, if he can't go, Brock Purdy's not looked the same with him out of the lineup and didn't look the same at that point at certain segments of that game. So, I again, Detroit's odds, I think, got significantly better if he's not able to play this Sunday. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what his status is. I mean, it's Monday morning. I would imagine if he can get out of bed, he'll play. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can't imagine anything other than a really serious injury uh, being hurt, um, you know, 
keeping you out of the game. Um, I would I would expect him to play. Hey, let's pause just for a second. Pasco Air Plumbing and Electric. You know, this is the time of year when obviously you want to make sure your heater's working right. And pipes are an issue right now. We just came through that. It's not quite so bad this time around, but you know, you want to make sure everything's in working order. This is not the time of year to have a problem. And I want to recommend Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric to you. If you're in Northwest Arkansas, you know about them. They've been around for over 50 years. If you're able to hear my voice right now, they're probably servicing your area, and if they're not, they're going to be there. Uh, they're in Arkansas, Missouri. They're in Texas now. They're all over. Oklahoma. Um, and what you're going to find with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric, number one, they're Arkansas-owned, they're Arkansas-operated. They've got a protection program that's going to keep you humming year-round. Uh, it's going to take away the worry. It's going to let you know at all times that whatever happens, you're going to be taken care of. They've also got a lot of no-interest financing options. They've got, uh, if you need a whole new system, uh, they've got the way to get you into that and make it affordable for you, too. Professional people professional service you can contact them you can schedule your appointment at gopascal.com so i want to come back to arkansas basketball again a 13 point loss to the south carolina gamecocks on saturday and one of the reasons you lost that game is because you got guys like bj mack that were filling it up from three nine of 18 and evidently again this is just another area that arkansas hasn't been successful in this year we haven't guarded the three all year again it's you know it's our issue to fix as a staff, but we're doing the same drills we did when we led the nation in defending three, you know, and I don't like to talk about the past, but, but I have found myself doing that a lot this year. I mean, we know who their shooters are. We knew BJ, Matt, I mean, we talked about it. They're all assigned to color on the strength of shooting ability. You know, you've got to be able to guard. I mean, we played zone, we played switch, pick and roll. We, we did tried everything tonight and none of it was successful. And it's not going to be successful unless everybody's connected. Everybody's communicating on the floor. Doesn't matter if you play zone, play man, trap. It doesn't. It, so again, that's the toughness, the effort, all that stuff's got to got to improve. So they're 177th this year against defending the three point line. That is again one of the many areas that they've struggled. And Chuck, you made a great point earlier about. South Carolina's field goals, their first 10 of 11 were an assist. 71% of their main field goals, 20 of 28, were assisted. They were just moving the ball at will on Arkansas at times. And a lot of a lot of, a lot of times that comes back to straight line drives where Arkansas would allow, the defense would get sucked in, and then Mack or whoever else would have a good look at a three. Yeah, they did a lot of things right. I mean, they made hard cuts. Uh, they passed the ball well. Uh, they 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 would beat Arkansas off the dribble, and um, they would hit their you know they would hit the open guy with a pass that allowed him to be in a position to shoot. And the shooters did a good job of putting themselves in a position to 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 get the pass and catch and shoot. And hey, they scored off the pick and pop. I mean, they scored off the dribble drive. I mean, they uh, again when you have ten assists and eleven baskets. Um, to say you're sharing the ball really understates it. Um, you're um, you're clicking on all cylinders when you're scoring like that. Yeah, and it's a again Arkansas doesn't exactly have an easy task this week. It's more of a gauntlet no. going to Ole Miss on Wednesday night, eight o'clock game, where the Pavilion I would guess is going to have a lot of people in attendance for Chris Beard in year one, and then this Saturday with game day coming to town, Kentucky coming to town. 
It just uh, it does not get any easier. And again, I said it earlier, and I said it many times. I felt like Arkansas had a tough or easier front loaded schedule, where the uh, in terms of the degree of difficulty, and you were going to see tougher teams in the back end and then the middle. Well, you didn't again. You didn't well, take advantage of those games for the most part. Two of the best four teams in the league, in my opinion. You play this week, so I mean, this is a tough week, and you know you got another chance to to defend your home floor, but it's going to be against what I think. Is one of the best two or three teams in the league right now. And Ole Miss started off red hot this year. Chuck, I got them in my top third in the league. I think a lot of people do. Well, when you're not playing well, every game's tough. And when you're not playing well, it never gets any easier. Um, three of the next four games are on the road. I mean, we're talking about this week. You got Ole Miss and then mm-hmm. Kentucky at home, but the next week you go to Mizzou and to LSU. So you got three of your next four on the road and your home games against Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, so... Again, when, when you're not playing well, everything looks daunting. Mm-hmm. And right now, they're not playing well. So, you know, if they're playing well, you look at that and you go, hey, you know, Missouri, LSU, those are winnable ball games. You can go on the road and beat those guys. Won there before. Uh, but when you're not playing well, you look at every game and you think, man, um, I hope we can find a way to win. One of the things they were able to do offensively earlier this week against a was push the basketball pace of play, and, and Musk really wants them to, to get back to that. If you guys ever see me tell the team to hold up and walk it up, that would be the first time that, that we've ever done it in the 10 years that I've coached college. You know, so we need our point guards to push the ball with pace, and we need our wings to run, and we need a big to, to be a rim runner. All things that we talk about every day in our opportunity break. And they, they do a pretty good job of transition defense, too. I mean, South Carolina is a, a really, really good defensive team. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua Sign Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. You got some Arkansas Razorbacks that are front and center at the NFC Championship this weekend. We spoke praises to Gray Greenlaw, who had a fantastic game this weekend against the Green Bay Packers. Frank Ragnow did as well. You can tell there's a lot of pride in Detroit fans in their starting center and vice versa with Ragnow in Detroit. To me, the pain, I'm not trying to sound like some brute tough guy here, but I was just more frustrated than anything, the fact that it's just, again, you know. It was tough, but it was worth it. What allows you to play My parents, I don't know. My dad was one of the toughest people I've ever met. My mom's one of the toughest people I've ever met. And I just take a lot of pride in being out there with the guys, being out there for the city. I mean, they signed me to this extension a few years ago, and I want to be fulfilling that, you know. I don't want to be that guy who gets paid not doing that stuff, you know. I want to be out there and finding a way to win. That's a football guy, Chuck. I mean, if you watched him on the sidelines, he was grimacing a good chunk of the times every time the television kind of panned to him. But uh, he played regardless. He's going to play this this Sunday. 
Yeah, offensive lineman, man. I mean, he's uh, he's got that mentality. Really, really happy for Frank. I mean, he uh, um, good guy, and you know, as we discussed a little bit earlier, I mean, beating the odds and living out what seems to be an impossible dream, and so. Good for him. Good for Dre, and I hope both of them have great games. Yep, and uh, hopefully, again, it, it ends up being a, a great one this weekend. Uh, I know that the uh, the basketball side of things have not gone according to plan to this point in time, but you do have college game day coming to Fayetteville this weekend. And now what? Arkansas is getting ready to play South Carolina. And next week... First time the show has been there. I- All right, rank Reese Davis's hole. Oh. So we call from one to ten. Eh, not uh, very good. Minus two, but uh, we can work on that. Okay. I mean, there's uh, there's some foundation blocks there we can build upon, but we got to rearrange okay. a few things. Ten o'clock this Saturday on ESPN. First time as you heard Reese Davis say that game day basketball version has ever been to Fayetteville. So I know you're again conference wise, you hadn't started where you want to. Really, this season hasn't gone, but. It'd be nice if they played like a the Arkansas basketball program we've come to know this Saturday. Man, if they had game day in uh, in college baseball, they they would have they'd be getting mail here. But mm-hmm. you know, they they don't. So I mean, it's only the second time game day program has been to our city. Period. I don't watch the basketball game day as much as I have I, the football game day. I don't know how much viewership they have. Do they come inside the arena or do they do it outside? It'll be inside. So okay. um, you'll. Have I was it. trying to figure out where they would set up in there. I'm, curious. I'm sure they've planned it out. Yeah, I'm curious which... Uh, I think in your chair. I think they're going to sit in your seat, That's actually. fine. Yeah. That's fine. Keep it, keep it warm. <laughs> they, can, uh, they can try to look around Mus too. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> they, can, they, can, they can lean to the left, lean to the right, stand up. And you probably can, got the uh, best worked out obliques of anybody, all that back and hey, forth motion. I'm going to tell you something. Woo. He... Uh, he moves around. <laughs> he really does. Oh, man. Yeah, that uh, advantage point. I, I still remember when you and Z, Chuck, were doing, and we were in uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse, and you guys were kind of up on, like, the second level trying to do the game. I know, again, that's not... That's the best place to do a game. If you go to a lot of the new NBA arenas, that's the way they have it set up now. Uh, the radio guys, the broadcast guys are at that mezzanine level. It's really the best place to do a game because it's like watching a game on television. It's the same angle. Whereas when you're right there on the floor, you've got officials, players, coaches. It's really the worst seat in the house. But that's, for some reason, in college, that's the way it's done. In the NBA, they don't do it like that. And it's it's a terrible basketball seat. Does it sound like I'm lobbying <laughs> does it does it sound like I'd like a different spot when they renovate the arena? I think it uh, it does. Uh, I don't think but, they're listening, but uh, if uh, you know, but 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 yeah, I mean, I don't even know what you ask about. I just saw an opportunity to get a to get a plug in there. Well, so I did. Jay Billis is going to sit in your seat. That's all I'm. Yeah. That's all I've been told. Yeah, that's right. Game day. That's yeah, where yeah, we game were. day. Yeah. And, and by the end of this week, my <laughs> prediction is it's Monday. Ty thinks he'll never win again by oh, Saturday. Ty'll have a sign. By made. Saturday, he'll have a sign. He'll have uh, body paint, and he'll be predicting the Hogs win by ten. <sighs> they went on Wednesday. You, you, <laughs> you should body. Right. Hey, you should body surf down the student section. Yeah. that's what you. should You know, the on. only the only disappointing aspect. They gained of this too much weight to do that. Is uh, let's let's cut that out. I'm skinnier now than I was in uh, in college. The only disappointing aspect of this is I'm not going to be the student that's going to be shooting for ten thousand dollars. 
Oh, is that going to happen? I think so. Unless they wow. changed it up remember, this year. Hey, remember the night the student made it and his foot was on the line and yeah. Shanklin waved it off and Broyles yeah. came down there and yeah, <laughs> they were booing. That, that, was, that was a good well, moment. A ringside seat for that. And Frank paid, Frank, if I remember correctly, Frank I don't remember. pulled money or did something and paid the guy. I, it wasn't out of his own pocket, I can yeah. assure you. Well, they, <laughs> I think the university ended up paying because the whole reason that it was waved off was because the insurance company wouldn't pay. Because if your foot's on the line, the insurance company's not going to pay the money. All that stuff's insured. And um, I do think, if I recall correctly, that ultimately somebody that's old enough to remember may correct me, but if I remember right, the <laughs> university ended up paying him out of university money because there was a backlash and there was a sponsor involved. <laughs> the, the students got after the sponsor pretty good during yeah. the course of the game. Great moments in Razorback history yeah. right there, guys. And so that's, and they've actually had another one uh, in like 2014 or whatever. A kid's name's Brandon. I actually know him that hit a half-court shot and won money as well. So you've had two times. What is, what is it? Layup, free throw, three-pointer, then the half-court yeah. shot, right? And it was uh, and it, it, it was nothing but net. And that yeah. one that you guys referenced was also uh, yeah. pretty cool. So maybe it happens. Somebody this- won ten grand over the weekend on that uh, putting thing, you mm-hmm. know, where you putt from one end of the floor to the other. And uh, some guy won ten grand over that the maybe weekend. Maybe harder than the half-court shot. Oh, it, yeah, absolutely. I think it was in, uh, in Terre Haute. Chuck okay. in Indiana, Indiana State. State. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Home of Larry. I remember it happened at Ole Miss, I think, one year. Home of Larry Bird and those cheating 79 Sycamores. Sycamores. Arkansas. He traveled, man. I got he traveled. Sydney got tripped and they called a walk. <laughs> I mean, just still BS because they wanted Magic and Larry in the championship where Larry you know what? got railed and it wasn't even a good game. But that team was connected. <laughs> well, hey, listen. Evidently, we don't know what's going on. Yeah, we're not connected. Uh, this, is, listen, this year's word is connected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, connected. listen. I wasn't a huge we fan. Need to get connected. I've said it. Listen, yeah, I admit it. Jared, my no, it's been that word's been around for a couple years. It's more prominent. This Every year, team needs a good buzzword, and this year it's connected. Yeah, the sport has. Unfortunately, it. it's just not that. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.